Well, good morning, Crossroads, and I just need to let you know right out of the gate, I am incredibly excited about the launch of our St. Pete campus, and I hope that you can capture the vision of what we are trying to accomplish in a completely new area where our goal is to connect people to Jesus. Now, this year, our Christmas offering, almost every single thing that comes in for our Christmas offering is, be go is going to be going to the launch of this new campus. And so I just want to encourage you, let's lead the way in generosity this Christmas season. Let's do everything we can to launch this campus the best way that we possibly can so we can connect as many people as possible when this thing launches on Easter Sunday. I am looking forward with great anticipation to how God is going to use Remington and this campus location down there and all of the people who've already started to form this leadership core that's going to launch this campus. You guys, behind the scenes, it is happening. It is coming together. And I just hope that you'll get excited uh, and pray, 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 pray about what is going to happen in the next few months as that campus gets launched. Now, here's the thing. We are connecting people with Jesus throughout this Christmas season. We're talking about the wonderful life that we have in Jesus. That wonderful life, we realized last week, is filled with hope. And hope, it, the hope that, that Christ offers us is not the same that the hope the world offers us looks like. It's, it's two completely different things. When you say, I hope that something happens in this world, it's the flip of a coin. Last week, I said, why well, I hope the bears beat the lions. That did not happen. My heart just was completely pulled out of my chest. It was a terrible, terrible afternoon of football watching for me. That's the hope that the world has to offer. It's just chance. It's the flip of a coin. The hope that we have in Jesus is the fact that we can put our trust in his promises for our lives. That is the hope that I have. It is a hope for a future with Jesus. It's my trust that what he has promised me in my life will come to pass. And so in that sense, hope is really my faith in the future tense, because I am looking forward with great anticipation to what God is going to do and how he is going to fulfill his promises in my life. And that is a wonderful life. Well, today we're talking about the reality that a wonderful life is truly filled with peace. And this Christmas season, we are celebrating the reality that God offers us true peace when we celebrate the birth of Jesus when we recognize all that he has done for us. And today, as we dive into a passage of scripture in Luke chapter one, we're gonna realize that truly the path to real peace in our lives is the path that walks with Jesus. He offers us something that nothing else in this world can. It is a peace that passes all understanding. I love what it says in Philippians 4, 6. It says, don't worry. Don't be anxious about anything, all right? Let all the fears, let all the insecurities, let all the tension melt away. Instead, it challenges us to pray. Present your request to God. Give thanks. And here's the promise. It says, the peace of God, which transcends all understanding, will guard your hearts and your minds in Christ Jesus. Now, this is a peace that changes everything. This is a peace that realizes I am made right with God. This is a peace that allows me to maintain relationships with people where there's nothing between my, my relationship between me and God. There's nothing between my relationship with me and the people in my life. That peace of God, when it is alive and vibrant in my life, it becomes a light that draws other people to Jesus. It really is that path to peace that is centered around the relationship that we are able to have with God through this incredible gift that he has given us that we celebrate this Christmas season. 
And so this path to peace is celebrated in Luke chapter one as the Christmas story is kicking off. And and in this scripture, we're looking at Zechariah and Elizabeth. They are an older couple. He is a priest in the temple and they have not been able to have children for years. It says in scripture that they are getting up in age. We don't know what that looks like, but I'm gonna say over under 50 years old. Let's go over 50. Here's what we see though. They've kind of lost hope. They've been praying that God would bless them with a child, but they've lost hope that God would really come through on that promise because their time has passed them. Well, it says that Zechariah has this unbelievable opportunity as a priest. Throughout the entire life of a priest, the, the one most you know, honorable thing that they can ever do is burn the incense to the Lord in the Holy of Holies in the temple. And so Zechariah is chosen, it says, in this year to go into the Holy of Holies and and light the incense in the holiest of holy places where the presence of God dwells. And it says that when Zechariah goes into this holiest of places that Gabriel, the angel of the Lord, appears to him. And it says he's terrified. All right, Remember, if you ever ask God to see an angel, be careful what you wish for because it's always met with terror. All right, It's frightening because this is something other. This is something spiritual. You realize, I am not ready for this. This is a God thing. And when Gabriel appears to Zechariah, it says he is terrified. But Gabriel once again says, hey, hey, don't be afraid. I've, I've got great news for you. You are going to have a son and you're going to name him John. And he is going to be a great person who walks in the power and in the spirit of the prophet Elijah. He is going to prepare the path for the promised Messiah. I mean, this is an incredible message. This is an incredible message straight from God. In the presence of an angel, Zechariah responds by saying, how can I know this is going to be true? I love that because here's the thing. We, we tend to put people in the Bible on pedestals, right? They were just people like you and me. They were doing their best to follow Jesus, to serve him and obey him. So Zechariah, the priest in the Holy of Holies, talking with Gabriel, the angel of God, who's saying, this is the promise of God for you. Zechariah is totally human, just like we are. He just says, how can I know this is going to be true? And the response that Gabriel gives him is fantastic. He simply says, Well, I'm Gabriel, the angel of God. I mean, it's pretty amazing. Like, hello, Captain Obvious, I'm I'm an angel and I'm telling you this is gonna happen. It's fantastic. But as if that weren't enough, Gabriel says, well, this is gonna be the sign. You're not gonna be able to speak. You're not gonna be able to use your voice until this promise comes true. At which point Zechariah is like, I'm so sorry I asked that question. Can I just take that back? You know, it's an awkward moment between Zechariah and Gabriel. But sure enough, Zechariah comes out of the temple, out of the the Holy of Holies, and he cannot speak. People recognize he's had an encounter with God. Something has happened here, but he cannot verbalize it. He cannot tell them what has happened. But sure enough, his wife, Elizabeth, gets pregnant. They are going to have a baby, and this promise comes to pass. Well, the passage of Scripture picks up in Luke chapter 1, verse 57. It says this, when it was time for Elizabeth's baby to be born, she gave birth to a son. And when her neighbors and relatives heard that the Lord had been very merciful to her, everyone rejoiced with her. When the baby was eight days old, they all came for the circumcision ceremony. They wanted to name him Zechariah after his father. But Elizabeth said, no, his name is John. That is what the angel had told Zechariah. That was the name he was going to be. What? They exclaimed. There is no one in all of your family by that name. So they used gestures to ask the baby's father what he wanted to name him. 
He motioned for a writing tablet, not to be mistaken with an iPad. This is before that time. Generation Z, there used to be a time where we didn't have iPads. I, I just need you to know that. I know that's a, a lot to try to comprehend, but it's true. Before iPads, he actually wrote physically on a tablet. It says that he wrote down there, his name is John. And this is a significant moment. This is the promise that God has given him coming to life. This is him acting in obedience, saying, no, this is what God has told me to do. His name is John. This is really, really important. And it says instantly, Zechariah could speak again. And he began praising God. Awe fell upon the whole neighborhood and the news of what had happened spread throughout the Judean hills. Everyone who heard about it reflected on these events and asked, what will this child turn out to be? For the hand of the Lord was surely upon him in a special way. Then his father, Zechariah, was filled with the Holy Spirit and gave this prophecy. Now, this is really important, all right? Let's first, let's just pause right here. People recognized that the hand of God was going to be on John. This is John who goes on to be John the Baptist. He is he's marked by Jesus as the greatest man who ever lived. I mean, consider that you know, note of encouragement, that recommendation from someone who matters, right? Throw that on your resume. Jesus says, I'm pretty much the best. So, I mean, that's John. That's what he has to walk in. And from the very beginning, people recognized that the blessing and the favor of God were upon him. They said, what is God going to do with this kid? There's something special happening here. And I would just, I want to pause here in the middle of all this to challenge you as parents, to challenge you as grandparents, to challenge you as an aunt and an uncle. For the, for the people in your life that are growing up, that are children, I, I want to challenge you today. Pray this kind of blessing on your kids. I'm going to be honest with you. I think over the course of the last 13 years of my life, probably the most sacred and intimate moments that I have had with God are the moments where I've kind of gone into my kids' rooms after they were all asleep and everything's quiet, and I just prayed that prayer of blessing over them. May God bless you and keep you. May his face shine upon you and be gracious to you. May he turn his face toward you and give you peace. And it says in the book of Numbers that when you pray that prayer over my people, this is what God told Moses and Aaron, when you pray that prayer over my people, I place my name on them. What an amazing picture that is. And that's what I want for my kids. Well, I would, that'd be the prayer of my heart, that when people see my kids, they recognize, what does God have in store for them? I want them to be walking in the blessing and favor of God. That would be the deepest desire of my heart. And that's what you see in Zechariah. He is focused completely on the, on the plan that God has for John. And notice that in that prayer of blessing, it all hinges and focuses and ends on that concept of peace. Because when you are walking with God, when you are step in step with what he's speaking into your life, when you're walking in obedience and when you're walking in surrender, that's when you begin walking down that pathway of peace. That's where you're experiencing that peace that passes all understanding. That's the life that you're living where it doesn't matter what you're facing in life, what tension you're facing, what fear you're facing, what crazy circumstance you're facing, you can experience the peace of God. It transcends all understanding. It guards your heart. It guards your mind in Christ Jesus. That's the peace that we have access to when we have a relationship with Jesus. 
And so Zechariah is realizing what has happened here. And it says that he begins to prophesy. Keep in mind, this guy hasn't been able to speak for at least nine months. And so it's kind of been overflowing. It's been working its way up for the last nine months. And this is what comes out of the heart of Zechariah. Notice this prophecy that we see in Luke chapter one. And I want to lean into this prophecy because this is really important. He says, praise the Lord, the God of Israel, because he has visited and redeemed his people. This is really important. He's saying, praise God from whom all blessings flows. He has visited us. He has redeemed us. He is recognizing that his son now is here to prepare the way for the, for the Messiah. And that promise involves the redemption of his people. God is stepping from heaven. He's becoming a man and he is paying the price that we could not pay for our sin. He is restoring that relationship that has been broken with God since we sinned at the very beginning of time. And he is restoring peace. He is making this, is making it possible for us to experience that peace that passes all understanding. He is making us right with God, paying that price that we cannot pay, redeeming us. I think when it comes to our culture today, when we, when we think about redeeming something, it's usually like a coupon or like some weird code that they'll give you to generate on the internet. So you get like a 10% discount or something. That's what we see as redemption. And if I'm being honest, my favorite story of redeeming a coupon is when I was back in college, Dana and I had went to visit my grandparents and these are my cheapskate grandparents. I've, I've referenced them before. And this is why I think they're cheap and why their legend with me will probably be forever known as cheapskates, because this is what happened. We went out to eat with them at their favorite restaurant, the MCL cafeteria. Does anyone remember the MCL cafeteria? If you had a grandparent, that's where they like to eat. I don't know why they loved that place. We are eating at the MCL cafeteria. And of course we're eating dinner at like three 30 in the afternoon because we were with my grandparents. And when we went to go pay, it was still like some weird early bird hour at the MCL cafeteria. Well, it didn't matter. My grandma had coupons that she wanted to redeem at the MCL cafeteria. So she gave the cashier her coupons. And when the cashier said, Hey, you really don't need this coupon because you're here for the early bird. It's not going to save you anything. My grandma was adamant. She's like, no, this is going to be cheaper. It's going to save me money. I want to redeem this coupon right now. So after this whole brouhaha goes down in the MCL cafeteria, I mean, we left, we came back, it went on for a while. My grandma was making a point. She's redeeming this coupon. When it was all said and done, after all the transactions had been made, the coupon had been redeemed. My grandma looks at her receipt and walking out, she says, hmm, I saved two cents. I mean, it was, that's real life. That really happened. That is the memory of, I have of my grandma. And we were laughing. Dana and I thought that was the funniest thing. We remember and chuckle about that to this day. She was going to redeem that coupon no matter what. And the thing about it is God loves you so much that he stepped out of heaven, that he became a man so that he could pay that price that we cannot pay. And in doing so, he offers us a peace that the world simply cannot give us. It is that peace that guards your heart. It is that peace that guards your mind. It's that peace that transcends all understanding that you can experience at any time, in any situation, under any circumstance. That's the peace that we have from being made right with God. And I want to challenge you today, if you're feeling tension or strain in your life because you're not right with Jesus, make sure today that your relationship with Jesus is up to date because he offers you peace with him, a peace that the world can't even come close to touching. 
And this peace is possible because of what Jesus has done for us. And Zechariah, he recognized this. We have been redeemed. Well, his song, his prophecy continues. Zechariah says, he has sent us a mighty savior from the royal line of his servant David, just as he promised through his holy prophets long ago. Now we will be saved from our enemies and from all who hate us. He has been merciful to our ancestors by remembering his sacred covenant, the covenant he swore with an oath to our ancestor, Abraham. This is really important because remember, hope is me trusting in God's promises for our life. Well, all the way back to Abraham, God had promised that there would be a savior. There would be an opportunity for us to be made right with God. He would bring us peace. And Zechariah is, is, is honoring in this moment and recognizing God has remembered us. Not only has he redeemed us, he's paid the price that we could not pay, but he remembered the promise that he made. He has been faithful. And I want to encourage you today again and again, God keeps his promises. You can put your trust in him. Sometimes you feel like you're all alone. You feel like you're walking through a trial or a situation or a valley that you're thinking, man, there's no way God is with me. But he is. He fights for you. He is with you. He never leaves you. He never forsakes you. You guys, he remembers you. You are his child. He calls you by name and you are dearly and deeply loved by God. I want you to know that today. If you leave not hearing anything else today, know that you are dearly and deeply loved by him. And he has not forgotten you. You have been remembered. And there's something about when someone remembers something special about you, right? Dana and I, we just celebrated our 20 year anniversary this last summer. It's in the middle of COVID. No one remembered. It was not a big deal, but we remembered it for each other. Thankfully, <laughs> guys, am I right? I remembered. That's the only really thing that matters. I remembered who dodged that bullet. But you know what today is, as, as you watch this today, it's December 13th, December 13th, 1994. We're going all the way back into the previous century. Now think about this. In, on December 13th, 1994, that is the day that I asked Dana to be my girlfriend for the very first time. That, that, our relationship goes all the way back. And that's something that we remember. We bring that up now 26 years later. That's kind of the moment where everything began. Now, there was that brief two-week period where she left me for a European guy. But that is a completely different story back in college that we can talk about later. But December 13th, 1994, that's a day I remember because it's important to me. And listen to me, you are so important to God. You are dearly and deeply loved by him. You are his child. He places his name on you. You have not been forgotten. You are not alone. He has not left you. He has not forsaken you. I want you today to claim the peace that comes only from him. That peace that guards your heart, that peace that guards your mind, that peace that transcends all understanding. Put your trust in him and claim his peace for your life. Zechariah finishes his prophecy by saying something else very important. He says, we have been rescued from our enemies so we can serve God without fear because peace replaces fear. He says in holiness and righteousness for as long as we live. When I walk with God, when I take that path to peace, I have nothing to fear. I am walking with Jesus. And then he gets really personal. And this honestly makes me tear up a lot. So just bear with me. He says, and you, my little son, I mean, he's looking at God's promise that has manifested itself in his son, John. He's holding him. He says, and you, my little son, will be called the prophet of the Most High because you will prepare the way for the Lord. You will tell his people how to find salvation through forgiveness of their sins. 
because of God's tender mercy, the morning light from heaven is about to break upon us to give light to those who sit in darkness and in the shadow of death and to guide us to the path of peace. What an incredible moment. The reality of God's promise that he's holding, it's his son. The, the promise of God that has come to life right there that he's holding on to. And the reality that God's promise revolves in this moment about someone who leads us to the path of peace. And I want to challenge you today. That path to peace is the path that walks with Jesus. He has done everything that he possibly can to restore that relationship with him that has been broken. And so I want to encourage you today, draw close to Jesus. Put your trust in his promises for your life. That's the hope that we have in him. But walking in those promises, that is where peace comes from. That is the pathway to peace. Walking in the promises of Jesus, walking down this journey of life with him. It's peace between me and God. It brings peace to me and the people in my life. It is a peace that when I live that out, it becomes a light that shines in the darkness that draws people to him. And so I ask you today, are you experiencing the peace of Jesus in your life? Are you walking down that path to peace? Because God loves you with an incredible love. And if you will just stop being anxious, stop worrying, pray, give thanks to God. He will meet you where you are at. His peace, which transcends all understanding, will guard your heart and your mind in him. So may you walk in that peace today and experience the favor and blessing of God on your life. I close by praying this prayer of blessing over you today. May the Lord bless you and keep you. May his face shine upon you and be gracious to you. May he turn his face towards you today and give you peace. We love you and we praise you today, Jesus. And we pray, pray this in your holy and your mighty name together. Amen.